Chainsaw Matinee. Everybody take your seats. We have such sights to show you. I'm Kai. I'm Marty. And I'm lost in the woods. <laughs> I think we're all lost in the woods. Oh my oh, god. What, what are we is... doing out here? Oh my goodness How gracious. How did we get here? That I is went... the same rock that we passed four times already. No, it's not. It's not the same rock. It's not the same rock. <laughs> I think it's the same rock. I'm pretty sure it's the same rock. And I Why? think we're going to die out here. I would like to take this moment to apologize to my mom. <laughs> oh, mom. Uh, so when you said Lost in the Woods, the first thing I thought of was that song from Frozen 2. I fucking love that song. I can't remember how it goes, but I know exactly. What Up and down, day is night when you're not here. The only thing I remember about that song is that um, Weezer did a cover of it for yes, like the and it credits. Was amazing, <laughs> it was literally like the only good thing about that movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Um, I would say the lyrics match the situation of this movie very well. What if? What if the characters from Frozen? went out in the woods and did Blair Witch. <laughs> well, if you want to talk about cartoon characters doing Blair Witch, um The Scooby Doo Project. The Scooby Doo Project. Yeah. What? We watched Yeah, have you yeah, not heard of that? Know about I've that? never heard of this. What is the Scooby Doo Project? It's a parody of the Blair Witch Project with the Scooby Doo characters. Mm-hmm. And it was like to promote a Scooby Doo marathon on Cartoon Network in like the early two thousands. Yeah. They have what like Frank Welker. What? And, and all like the old like classic voice actors for the for Scooby Doo doing like the voices for these like like cut ins in between Scooby Doo episodes, but like they all line they up to make make literally like a parody of the Blair Witch Project, and it's it's amazing. Oh my <laughs> yeah, god! No, it's I did wonderful. I did a lot of research before. Um, this episode and i can't believe that never came up once i've even heard of the blair thumb before i heard of uh, oh Scooby, blair scooby-doo which it sounds that's the something i'm gonna watch it immediately after we're done uh, you the should, blair thumb great. is the steve odekirk thing right where it's yes like it thumbs. is uh, yep. yeah i remember um franken thumb and um there i think there's a star wars parody thumb wars oh, yeah thumbs. yeah i've seen that yeah. i've seen that one I saw the thumb tannic. <laughs> yeah, there's oh quite gosh. a few of those for some reason. <laughs> I think they're just really cheap to make and like kids. At and least like, I was like, yeah. it, I was like enthralled with it, but I didn't like it. I was just like, I can't stop watching this. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like watching when a train I was wreck. A, when I was a kid, like if you slapped Star Wars on anything, I would watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That being said, I did really love Kung Pao Enter the Fist. I thought that movie was hilarious. <laughs> um, he just kind of photoshops himself into different, like, actual, like, kung fu movie scenes and then dubs it over with, like, other voice actors. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. <laughs> so, back on track. <laughs> Today... We are talking about the Blair Witch Project, and this is part of a series I'm calling it Found Footage February. So for the month of February, we are doing found footage films. Yeah! I can't believe we haven't covered this one. I know! Because this is such a seminal piece of horror. Um, mm-hmm. Like, the cultural- I mean, already we're talking about all the parodies. Like, the cultural impact that this movie had mm-hmm. is incredible. Like, even to this day, there hasn't been very much like it. Yeah, yeah, I really wanted to start out with this one, too, because, like, it's not the first found footage film. Like, found footage has been a thing since the, like... Since cameras were things. <laughs> so it's interesting how media, like, masquerading for authenticity has been interpreted. But I feel like with found footage especially, horror is the one genre that's taken the most advantage of it. Like, I can't think of any mm-hmm. other genre that really uses found footage I would, as consistently I would or creatively. I would love to see a found footage rom-com, but I think just saying that I've, I have, uh, uh, um, just described creep again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> that's probably the closest you'd get. Yeah. 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 There's a few like found footage like mumblecore movies that yeah, or like Bloss has some done. kids movies. Like isn't like Earth to Echo a found footage movie? I don't remember. I haven't seen that I movie in a while. I feel like there's at least like one like 80s nostalgia knockoff movie that's uh found footage but yeah sounds I know, right i think super eight was kind yeah, of yeah yeah that's kind of a it's like a superhero movie but i'd say it has more like gruffness to it because i know one of the superheroes goes mm-hmm. evil and is like really unhinged which is really cool from what i remember uh, yeah yeah how old were you guys when you first saw the blair witch project oh i actually didn't see this until like we were in college like, this was one that, like, I thought was gonna be super scary, so I kind of, like, didn't watch it for a really long time. I think I think I was, like, 21 when I finally watched it, and I think we watched, like, a scene of it for, like, I think maybe Billy Palumbo's class? Maybe, I don't remember. I, I remember um, we had a I... picnic on the quad, or an evening yeah, screening on we the did quad. A screening of it on the quad. That was really cool, actually, being I... outside and, like, watching it on a giant screen. That was, yeah. like, pretty awesome. I feel sad that I wasn't a part of that. I didn't get to go to that. Um, oh. I professor was... showed up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was around uh, 14 or 15. Um, I was just starting to get into horror, and it was Halloween, and my dad uh, wanted to show it to me. Um, he actually didn't show me the Blair Witch first. He showed me, like, there's a, a feature... Uh, with it where they put all of the cut footage where it's more of a straight up documentary imitation Mm. um, where they like discuss the legend and interview like friends and family of the cast and crew Um, and it was just extra footage from the movie that they decided to cut okay so was it in character yeah yeah it was in character like they would hire more actors to like play like heather's mom and they would ask her like hey how did you feel after she left and it was like an interview setting where they're like seated and you're talking to the cameraman yeah i remember there being um because like this movie came out like right when the internet was getting really big so there were a lot of like creepypasta type like posts on forums about like the blair witch to promote the movie and like the website was kind of set up like that for the movie yeah like the marketing of this was insane because i mean if you think about it it's just such a tiny budget a lot of people really got into like this arg type thing yeah like they promoted it as if it was like a real thing that had happened and that these Mm -hmm. actors like they made missing posters for the actors they listed the actors actors as missing on imdb too yeah yeah and so it's crazy that like they went so and i think a lot of people did believe it was real yeah, apparently, like, actors would keep getting phone calls uh, from people who thought they were dead, and they would have to explain to their parents and, like, to the people who called, like, no, I'm alive, but then they would think, oh, so you just portrayed the person who got killed, right? And they're like, no, nobody died. <laughs> yeah. Hannah, do you remember Hump Day, that movie? No. It's the one with Mark Duplass in it. And, no. like, he and his his best straight friend or like we're gonna film a porno oh together. i do remember hump day okay t- took me a minute so the, took me a minute so mark duplass um his best friend in that movie is played by one of the guys in the blair witch project is it mine and so like two found footage kings in another movie <laughs> oh my god yeah. can't, can well, take um, the man out of the like found footage but and... you can't take the found footage out of the man yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up I, uh, real quick and like make sure I have this guy's name because I feel bad that I didn't remember. Well, I know his real name is Mike. Yeah, all of them use their actual names in the movie. Like their characters are the same names as the actors. Yeah, so I was like 16, I think, and I was just starting to get interested in horror. So, um, I this movie was on TV, and I will admit it actually scared the shit out of me. Like I couldn't even finish the movie i was so scared <laughs> which is really funny because like now you know when i watch this movie I, like i'm not scared at all but that was when horror was still really new to me and i guess just something about the realism it was like more immersive mm-hmm. and um the fact that you don't ever see anything you never see a witch you never see a ghost 
you never see like anything. It's you just, just hear a lot of screaming and people yeah, hiding in the corner. It's completely mm-hmm. like sold based on the actors' performances. Yeah, and around the time this came out, that was when um, Scream and a lot of self-aware horror was coming out. And I I listened to an interview where the directors were like, I wanted to do something much more sincere, something that was legitimately terrifying, and we're not flinching away from it. So, like, what are the things that terrify us the most? Um, Isolation, being lost, being confused, um, and what more perfect place to do that than the middle of the woods? Mm Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess let's kind of get into it. There's not a whole lot that we can do synopsis-wise. So, like, the basic story we have is that Heather is a film student, and she's making a documentary for a school project about a local legend called about the Blair Witch. And it's like a... Just, like, a story from this town. Where are they? Like, Maryland Maryland or something? I think Maryland, yeah. Be Massachusetts. Oh, Maryland? Yeah. I thought yep. it was Massachusetts. Nope, Maryland, because I was like, ooh, could I go there? Because it's, like, East Coast. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess I forgot that that's, like, really close to where you are now. Right? Um, um By all the spookies. <laughs> yeah, and I love oh. that. Although you guys and got so- the overlook, right? That's true. Yeah, we do mm-hmm. have. Um, so they go out to their interviewing the townspeople, and then they later go like camping overnight in the woods to try to see if they can find the Blair Witch. And throughout, like, we get bits and pieces of the lore, but I kind of love that like everyone they interview has a little bit of a different version of the story. And so you never really know the whole deal about the Blair Witch. It's like one person will say this and then another person's like, oh, I heard this. And they're all kind of piecing together stories. They did such a good job finding an eclectic bunch of like colorful small town people. Like you have like this one mom holding her baby and the baby's like trying to cover her mouth and screaming, No, that's my favorite. Because it's so unintentionally scary. Yeah. It's like Mm -hmm. the baby just knows that like this is evil and you shouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or there's um the woman who claims she had an encounter with the Blair Witch when she was like laying by the creek. And just the way she delivers her lines is just so eerie and and like i believe her like when she talks i know they joke in the film like oh man she's crazy she didn't know what she's talking about i'm like oh i don't know she just seems like a real person you would encounter like the way she Mm -hmm. describes it i'm like this is like a story one of my coworkers would tell me yeah and that's one of the brilliant things about this movie too is it is like 90 percent improv Mm -hmm. yeah like the there's it's like so improv that like the director kind of just gave them a synopsis of what he wanted them to do and then just let them out in the woods with the cameras yeah and then they like fuck with them yeah yeah Yeah, like there's like some uh like arguments over whether or not he's like actually the director you know um, i get that yeah but that's kind of what i love about this too is i bet he would probably admit to that as well like he'd be like yeah, I organized the thing, but, like, it's such a collaborative effort that, like, everyone's the director, everyone's the writer, and they all just brought their A-game. I'm so mad, because apparently the actress who played Heather got a Razzie nomination um, after this movie what? came out. Yeah, and it's bullshit, because her performance is the most terrifying, in my opinion. Like, she feels yeah, so literally. desperate and so scared. I think people are just mad when women scream a lot, and, like, get over yourself. Yeah, well... <laughs> She's also, like, very take charge. And to be honest, I feel like a lot of the hate towards that character is, like, a little bit of sexism. Yeah. Because she's, like, a leader. She's a very type A personality of, like, everything has to be just right. Which is common in a lot of filmmakers, which she is. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of people, like, unjustly hate her because of that. Yeah, I feel like like, a lot of people would love that character if if she were a man. Yeah, because it's, like... that's just kind of telling... She didn't really do anything wrong. Like, I mean, I guess you could say just, like, being curious and poking in things you're not supposed to. But that's not really, like, you know, that's very typical for a horror movie. It's not like she's some horrible person. Like, she wasn't even the one who lost the map. 
And yeah, no, it was, it was the other guy. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. Mike. <laughs> fuck Mike. Yeah, honestly. So I I like Heather. I think that she's yeah. relatable. Her, and like, her little monologue where she's like talking into the camera about like how she's apologizing to to Mike and Josh's mom and her mom for getting them lost. And, and then like she's like this is all my fault because i insisted on everything and then the the part that gets me is when she's like i'm afraid to close my eyes and i'm afraid mm-hmm. to open them again like that part gets me every time i watch the movie yeah it's mm-hmm. so good it's really good yeah honestly is it okay if i just give like a really short um synopsis of the whole film so we can get into like the moment to moment bits that like really get us all yeah. charged yes um, so yeah. basically, yeah, they, they film these interviews with these townspeople and then they go into the woods. Uh, they film a little bit. They find these creepy kind of cross-like people-like things hung in the trees. They find these little rock formations that I think symbolized graves. Um, and then they get lost. And Heather says she's following the map, but the guys don't believe her. Eventually, they lose the map. They start hearing these creepy noises in the middle of the night. And then eventually, Josh, his stuff is covered in goop. His stuff is thrown around. And then eventually, Josh disappears. Um, and after a while, they Mike says he hears him in the forest and they run after him. They find this creepy old house where it said that this man in the 40s, I think, was like, possessed by or, like, somehow influenced by the witch to kill children. And you can see the bloody handprints of the children on the wall. Mike runs inside. Heather follows him. Um, Heather goes down to the basement where Mike is standing in the corner, much like uh, the serial killer made the children do before he killed the others so they wouldn't have to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, And then something hits Heather. She stops screaming. The camera falls to the ground, and the movie ends. Yeah, very classic, um... I know that, like, these days it's a trope for, like, found footage movies to end that way, but I- it's so effective in this movie. Like, that last shot of him standing in the corner, I'm like, it's so eerie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And did you hear about how many different times they, like, filmed it? Like, there's one, there's one that's kind of silly to me where he's, like, floating and just, like, looking down at Heather, which is also creepy, but I don't know. I also find it kind of silly. I, I kind of like just him standing in the corner. It feels really simple and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, yeah well, and it matches... It. You don't the, need him floating. You don't. <laughs> and it matches the rest of the movie because you never really see anything supernatural happen. You just see creepy mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the biggest, the biggest enemy is just like the characters falling prey to panic more than anything. Yeah, and I God, think that's that- what makes this movie so brilliant. Is like you don't know if there's like actually anything happening to them or not because you don't see anything. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the theory that um, Josh and Mike are like terrorizing Heather intentionally? So that they can lead her to the house to kill her. No, no but that's I haven't scary. heard that. Yeah, there's a theory um, that I don't think was intended by the filmmakers, but like watching it and having that in the back of my mind, I'm like, I could see this working. Yeah, if you, you really wanted yeah. it to. Because at the very end, you don't see Josh really in the house at all. Because Mike's the one in the corner. Mm-hmm. Well, and I remember someone said that Mike originally was one of the most cowardly where he would not leave the tent and then by the end of the film he's like sprinting out of it to go find josh which to me is more of a sign of just how desperate he's gotten that he's like yeah finally just going fuck it um because i do think there's something supernatural going on here but yeah. if someone's gonna say like that's their interpretation of the movie i'm not gonna tell them they're they're wrong i'll just be like oh that's interesting yeah it is a very interesting like thought because like yeah, you know, you don't you don't see anything supernatural going on, and like it could very well be that because you don't you don't see anything else happening either. But I I do like the idea of it like being something supernatural and like them freaking out um, about it because I I I just feel like that's it's more interesting that way to like have a supernatural presence but not being able to see it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know what it wants. Yeah. You don't know what it's going to yeah. do. You don't... Plus, it's just there. And then yeah, it's plus, like, with, um... Like, them getting lost and, like... 
going around in circles and things. I feel like everyone was like really desperate at that point, and I don't know. Three I of really the most... explain that part away with yeah. like them just like leading her around because I don't know. They all seemed really like agitated and freaked out about it. Especially when Josh starts getting targeted, like, the way he reacts is so genuine to me. Like, he just starts breaking down entirely. And you know what? That's, I, I, it's so hard for me to believe that's fake. And again, like, where the hell did they get the blood and the teeth then? Because they find this pouch after Josh has gone missing outside of their tent flap. And it's, at first they throw it away, but then Heather goes back to find it. And it's, like, tied up with a piece of Josh's shirt. And there's, like, a tooth and, like, I think a... You don't really know what it is, or at least I don't, but it looks like fingers or, like, hunks of flesh in there, and it's, oh my god, it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are the scariest moments for you guys in the film? Um, there's a moment where, like, they're outside the tent at night, and you can hear noises all around them, and Heather just screams, like, what the heck is that? And, like... But you don't see whatever, like, she clearly sees something, but you don't see what she sees because of, like, the angle of the camera. But, like, it's so easy for your imagination in that moment. Like, there are a lot of people who will watch the movie and, like, claim that they see something in that scene. And, like, there's nothing there, but your imagination fills in the blanks. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, fun bit of behind-the-scenes trivia, there was actually supposed to be something that the camera would pan to it was a guy like dressed all in white and then it was supposed to be this blurry white figure you just kind of glance at and then go move on but they didn't catch it on the camera so like you're right there is nothing there but there was supposed to be and then they saw it in like the dailies and they were like no 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 we're not reshooting that this is way better yeah Yeah. i kind of love that though because like i mean it still gets a genuine reaction from the actors Mm -hmm. so like ultimately it doesn't matter if the audience sees it because i think that their acting is good enough to sell it yeah Mm -hmm. how about about you, marty um so one of the scariest parts is when they accidentally like knock over the little like piled up rocks and like it's not scary per se, but, like, knowing what comes after that is, like, oh, you're really, like, fucking with things you shouldn't be touching. And, like, it's just, like, an omen of what's to come, you know? <laughs> so, like, I get scared when they, like, just start fucking around with things in the woods. Um, but I do I do think, like, my f- my favorite part of the movie overall is the speech the little mm. monologue yeah mm-hmm. i also really think yeah. it's scary when she stumbles across his fingers in the little <laughs> like Ooh, yeah <laughs> so gross uh, um John, i agree josh's like two fingers are like chopped off and like stuck in a little towel for them to find mm. yeah what's she doing out there that witch well she's taking people's fingers i guess <laughs> <laughs> finger food <laughs> Um, oh, <laughs> for me, I, out here. you guys kind of took mine. Um, cause for me, I was going to say yours? the moment where she screams, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? Cause it's just so genuine and like the camera's mm-hmm. run- moving all over the place. So you're like, what, what the fuck is she looking at? And like the unknown is yeah. the scariest thing. And the speech is just so heartbreaking because, you know, sh- like this is her last basically her last you know speech she'll give before she dies and she knows it she's like we're gonna die out here and i'm so sorry and i'm so scared and that's all there is to it and that's just so fucking terrifying yeah Um, i think the other moment that really got me is when they spend all this time trying to navigate and find their way out and they just loop right back to the um Mm -hmm. the bridge and they just scream it's the same bridge and heather's just like desperately trying to go no it's not it's a different bridge and just the knowledge that just like in denial. you didn't do anything like you didn't get anywhere mm-hmm. you're stuck here and you're not gonna yeah, get you out just, you just walk in a straight line and end up in the same spot mm-hmm. like terrifying that for some reason that made me think of Coraline the part where they're like how do you how do you walk in a straight line and come right back to something and it's and the response is you walk around the world <laughs> 
and that that like it's a pocket dimension they're inside yeah. of a pocket dimension yeah. well and i know Out we saw woods. one of the sequels in theaters together and they have an explanation yeah. for it which i don't like i love that this movie offers yeah. zero explanation yeah, yeah it's a lot scarier when you don't like know specifically what's going on it's just a lot of things happening to the characters and really to you as you're watching it because of how the camera works within found footage yeah yeah what do you guys Um, think of the oh sorry go ahead oh no you go ahead oh i was just about to ask you guys what you think of the camera work itself uh speaking of that because you know they're all film people and i know a big complaint a lot of people have with this movie is it gives them motion sickness because of how much they're jostling it around and like even i noticed when i was watching i'm like can you just can i just see someone's face but also (laughs) yeah yeah i think it's a valid concern um yeah these people definitely like as brian always said to us in film school use a tripod Mm -hmm. um (laughs) like i would say like you know i guess judging the characters as filmmakers like wow you're not doing a very good job but like they they... stepping outside of the context of the movie like watching it you know me watching the Blair Witch Project I think that the filmmaking like is serviceable like it serves you know the narrative and makes it scarier my my thing is like this is like literal found footage like they found this tape in the woods so like no one's gonna cut anything from it if they can um because it all like gives like some kind of like you know added context to the story that's going on here so if you just like cut it to like the good shots you're not gonna have anything about what's going on with them and i feel like the more they're panicking the more they're not really thinking about oh we're trying to shoot a movie yeah i mean i do think that like the camera motion does like definitely express a lot of the of the character's feelings i guess and like mm-hmm. it can be like playful like the scene at the beginning where they're buying marshmallows and she like zooms in like all the way against the marshmallows it's just really funny <laughs> like it kind of mm. in a way like the the camera work kind of helps sell their characters which is kind of fun yeah so like That's i true. i don't hate it but i understand people complaining about motion sickness like you know i don't suffer her motion sickness like at all so I guess it's gotta be like really bad for me to like get it and I don't think this one was too bad and I've never like watched this in a movie theater so I don't know how that would change my experience with it but yeah I don't get motion sickness and honestly yeah there is a thing where some like my brain and filmmaker brain is like can I just see your face but also that's also part of the terror because you like you don't really get to see their faces very much and then when you do you're like right up in there like i think the shot Mm -hmm. where she just points the camera at herself and starts crying is brilliant and i think it's embedded into most people's brains like as an iconic film shot i i mean like that shot is used as the poster and in most like little thumbnails now yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so good it's it's an incredible film yeah, and it's amazing, like, again, how much this captured people's imaginations. Because, I mean, this was made on a micro-budget mm-hmm. and just exploded in popularity. Like, it's one of those things, like, we're all children of the 90s. Um, We were all too young when this came out to, like, see it at that point because, you know, we were children. But, like, I just remember growing up with that, like still recognizing what a cultural phenomenon it was because like people in school would talk about it all the time and like there were still people years later who would be like i heard it's real and like spreading rumors on the playground about it i even when i googled um i was looking up information about the movie and the first uh search result was is the blair witch project real so people are still yeah it's yeah it people are still wondering (laughs) yeah it's i think this came out at such a perfect time to use the internet for that marketing mm-hmm. strategy because now it's a lot easier to fact check things. But like back then, the internet was still kind of new and you couldn't as easily dismiss stuff. Mm-hmm. So I I can see how like people would believe that this was a real thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and like now 
um, online marketing is like an essential part of um, filmmaking whereas yeah in when this movie came out it was such a stroke of genius and i don't think you can do that anymore because of like how pervasive the internet is the most you can probably do is make yeah. a very good meme or make a really good like... twitter account for a certain um teenage robot doll <laughs> yeah i feel like the closest we've gotten in recent years to something like the blair witch is marble hornets yeah. Um, yeah but like even then like people kind of know that it's fake but like people really get into like the arg kind of aspect of it and like looking for clues and things yeah um i think the scary thing about the internet now is that you can actually find real life horrific shit um yeah <laughs> well i mean you could do it back then too it was it's just, true yeah it was just different and uh, I do think that, honestly, like, modern ARGs owe a lot to the Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think yeah. it completely inspired, like, a generation of people and of artists, you know, in the same way that something like Halloween inspired the slasher genre. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. technically, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out before Halloween. Yeah, but Halloween was... Well, it's like... So the Blair Witch, <laughs> it's, like, also not the first found footage. Like, Ghostwatch came out before this that's true um, that one we watched about uh the the last broadcast the one about the jersey devil that came out before the blair witch oh it did yeah and i, I do um, hate to that. mention it because it but i do think it's a part it's a part of film history where cannibal holocaust there is like a documentary yeah. film crew in a very yeah. found footage like style but it has been banned in several countries because uh the the directors did the harm animals real violence yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there is like real violence involved but like that one also had pe they had to go to court because mm -hmm. they were like you killed these people and they were like no it's just yeah. a movie i promise we only yeah. killed animals so which is so much better no it's not yeah yeah so like there are examples of it predating the Blue Ridge project but i would say this is the one that like made it a trend like made yeah. it take off and mm -hmm. I, I do think that's partly because of the internet. I feel like yeah. other, other movies, if they had had more of an internet presence in their marketing, it probably would have gotten as big. Yeah, I mean, possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like the last broadcast would have been, like, huge if it had been, oh, like, yeah, that movie's promoted so like the Blair Witch was. We've got to talk about that at some point. We do. That movie was mm -hmm. great. Well, and I think one thing this movie has that at least the other found footage movies I've seen haven't is that it puts you in such a first person perspective. Like there's never mm -hmm. a moment where you take a break from their camera work. Um, yeah. Whereas like in films like Cannibal Holocaust and Ghostwatch, you have those different formats to kind of give you distance from the found yeah. footage elements where this one doesn't give you it does never it does never give up. It never relents. You're just stuck you there. Are... Yeah. Yeah, you are constantly in the hand of whoever is film filming in the Blair Witch. There's no, like, cut to a tripod shot or, like, any kind of, like, um, like, accent shots or anything like that. You know, like, supplemental, like, third-party things. It's just, yeah. like, you're right in there. Yeah, you have Heather's, like, bits and pieces of Heather's, like, student film but even that fits very well into the narrative um mm -hmm. but the fact that it's like black and white she's like got this very like authoritative voice going on I oh yeah it is very student film but also i would have loved that student film like i would have been like oh yeah. my god a plus girl right i always <laughs> loved it when people did make documentaries of student films because it was like something different i feel like everyone wants to make a student film about either suicide like something really depressing or like a wish fulfillment of like what if i was cool and got the girl or like i don't know there's like just a number of like the same kinds of student films that come up over and over again so like seeing a documentary is always really refreshing mm -hmm. although i can say ocu did have more of a variety um maybe that's not like entirely fair but i would say like maybe a freshman student film definitely falls more prey to like the the very typical like same genres i guess 
Yeah, and this one, at least to me, is fascinating because it was about folklore, which you don't really tend to see. Yeah. At least I've never seen in, like, student films. I'm sure they're out there. I just, you know, I haven't seen it. Yeah. And I do say this as someone, like, I'm not out here shitting on student films. I have made a student film, and it was not great. So, um, but yeah, anyway, I I just think it's cool. And, like, you can tell Heather's so passionate about it, and, like, she wants to make a good movie. And that's mm-hmm. honestly a lot of what endeared me to her. Like, yeah, she's know, taking again, this seriously. Like, yeah, like she just wants to make a good movie, mm-hmm. and I can relate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of those things where I think a lot of people like to make mockumentaries. Um, now, um, given like The Office and like sitcoms, like that's success, but like. So I guess, yeah, when I said earlier, like, it doesn't really find a home in any other genre. I I guess that's not true, because there's, like, you know, Abbott Elementary, Parks and Rec. So they work in a uh, sitcom format, I suppose. Long form. But, like, they also... it's a little different. Yeah, well, it's more about the framing device, right? As opposed to, like, a method to, like, explore how the camera works like makes you feel i suppose like i never really think of the camera work when i watch the office yeah yeah (laughs) but they also like are focused on their faces more often in the office than they are well because it's given like the guise of being like a professional documentary yeah versus Mm -hmm. this one like most of the time like the characters in the office are not holding the camera yeah Mm-hmm. And usually they try to, like, forget about, like, addressing the camera. Like, it's all about the story in the world rather than, like, how they are interacting with the documentary and stuff like that. Whereas this one, they make a very intentional point of, like, why is Heather still filming all of this? Why are we still obsessing about the camera? And I love that moment where she breaks and she's like, it's all I have. Which is yeah. so fascinating to me because, like, yeah, if you realize you're doomed and you don't know what to do the most you can do in that situation is just have a record of whatever happened to you. Yeah. Well, also, like, they do have a practical reason and that the camera has a light attached to it. Yeah. That too, So, like, you can use it as a flashlight. Yeah. Oh, this movie changed horror. And it's so good. Like, it's... It it's worth the hype. Like if anyone says like Blair Witch isn't worth the hype, I'm sorry. They just they're trying to be special. Which like good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean like I get it. Like it's one of those like if people tell me they don't like it, it's like yeah okay I get it. But like I don't think that anyone should deny that this is a very important film in horror history. And like it changed yeah. film marketing. It changed a a lot of things about the way that we make films now and mm-hmm. i think that that should be recognized yeah you're right i shouldn't yeah. i try not to you yuck get... anyone's yum and i don't want to yum anyone's yuck so like if you don't like this film you're valid like you can like something and acknowledge that it's bad and on the inverse you cannot like something and acknowledge that it was like made well you know oh yeah yeah i feel like a lot of people don't realize that and i use that little quadrant compass a lot <laughs> yeah that's a good the way other to put thing it. is like with tweeting negative things about movies too it's like a, a lot of times like the people who made those movies are hanging out on twitter and like i've seen before like horror filmmakers that i follow mm-hmm. like retweet people's negative comments about <laughs> their movie and just be like hey just so you know i'm a person because like sometimes it gets mm-hmm. really nasty and yeah. like you know, I don't think anyone should be immune from criticism, but, like, it's hard to do that on a website like Twitter where you don't have, you have a limited amount of words. Mm-hmm. So a lot of stuff gets boiled down to very simple emotions, like, this is the worst thing ever. And it's like, well, that's not entirely fair. Yeah. I followed the guy that wrote Orphan First Kill, and he posts a lot about, like, he, he like, goes through and just, like, retweets things that people say nice about his movies yeah and it's the, very sweet the directors mm. of um deadstream do that too i follow them mm-hmm. and like they'll retweet like fan art and stuff that's the thing about like horror movies like a lot of 
people who write and direct and like just make horror movies are pretty tight knit so they kind of see everything (laughs) yeah yeah and Um, well and at the end of the day they made it is so fucking difficult to make a movie and they organized even the ones in this podcast that i have said some very mean things about i didn't make a feature film they did and they made something complete and there is something to be commended in that even if Mm -hmm. it didn't speak to me personally i can still respect the craft that they did as long as you know i think yeah yeah i can i can respect the craft and the technicality of something and also not like what it's saying Mm -hmm. yeah um another one of those things like it was technically good versus i didn't like it you know yeah Yeah, that's something i struggle with with this one when i found out like what they did to the cast although i guess with this one i excuse it a little more because they like went into it telling the cast like hey it's gonna be really long hours in the woods we are gonna kind of fuck with your comfort level we will make sure you're safe but it's not gonna be a fun shoot and they like told yeah, them that yeah. going in before like you know they would take away bits of their food at a time <laughs> where like one day they yeah. would give them a sandwich one day they would only give them chips so that they could kind of make them hungry and irritable so they would kind of flare up at the give moment a little, yeah give and a like from what i heard the actors quote, unquote, authentic like performance or whatever yeah, but from what I, I could garner from the uh, actors, no one was, like, harmed for the foreseeable future of their mental or physical health because yeah. of this movie. Yeah, like, they, they didn't, like, pull a Shelley, like, a Shelley Duvall abuse thing right. on this movie. And really. hopefully the actors got some good residual checks because this movie oh, yeah. made bank. Mm-hmm. I think it's one um, of the most profitable movies ever because it was, like, released... Yeah. For like fifty thousand dollars, and I think it like made around two or three million. Yeah, and like, I would say if there's any villain <laughs> in the making of this movie, it's just the Razzies. Oh God! For, like, at, like, why are those still a thing? You know, they like nominated an eleven-year-old girl's performance in Fire Fire is a Fire Starter. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm like, that's just so scummy. Yeah. It's so mean-spirited, too, because, again, like, these are professionals working in their field, and, like, Mm -hmm. who the fuck are you to have the right to, like, take them down like this? And also, so many times, they're wrong. The Thing by John Carpenter got nominated for a Razzie. Why? I guess, I don't know, at the time it was a flop. At the time, it was a flop. A lot of people thought it was boring. They nominated the score for worst score. And again, like, so many times it takes time for something to settle into the the consciousness like if the the culture's not ready for it if they're like hungry for more slashers and then something like the thing comes out they're like this isn't what we were promised or they think like they'll just write off horror altogether because i think horror is a very popular um category in the razzie because it is doing so many very blunt and you know uncomfortable things that the will challenge the audience sometimes successfully sometimes not but the fact that they're doing it should not be um a detriment and the fact that the razzies are like oh it should be what like what is a a good movie by the definition of the razzies like christopher nolan if the whole film market was just christopher nolan that would be so fucking boring it's kind of like the problem we have right now with all these marvel movies it's like you're saturated with the same goddamn thing over and over and the minute someone tries to do something different you punish them i just i'm sorry i guess i'm really sensitive about this yeah yeah. no 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 no. you're you're definitely like hitting a nail on the head for me too because like so we just recently saw like in an early like sundance screening of onyx the fortuitous and the talisman of souls good it's amazing but like literally there are so many people just like dunking on this movie on letterboxd for no reason and it's like it gets me so bad and like yeah because like someone worked hard to make that and like even if you don't like it there is an audience for it like like the movie jack and jill i don't like it i don't think (laughs) that movie was made for 12 year olds yeah i'm like if if there's somebody out there who loves jack and jill then like who am i to tell them or make fun of them, you know? Like, I I, I appreciate have a right... Al Pacino in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, everyone has a right to criticize something, but there's a difference between, like, criticism and completely bashing. Mm-hmm. And, like, Yeah, or just not understanding a film's about... purpose. Yeah, or, like, saying cruel things about the people involved. Like, that's yeah. never okay. I and feel the like... public shaming 
I guess that's what I don't like about the Razzies, the public shaming of yeah, it. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like the Razzies and CinemaSins both have done some very detrimental harm to film criticism as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's just I don't see the merit in it, except for that one time Halle Berry won a Razzie and she brought her Oscar because that's entertainment. Sometimes you're in something great, yeah. sometimes you're in yeah, something bad. Good for her. Or what is it? That yeah. whole fucking thing from Ratatouille where it's like even the like most trite thing you could ever make is still a hundred times better than like someone who's some critic who's oh, bashing yeah, the- it, you know? Yeah, the average mm-hmm. piece of junk is still more meaningful than art criticism designating it so. Yes. Yeah. Do any of us have any last thoughts about the Blair Witch Project? Um, I fucking love movies. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, this movie is incredible. I haven't seen anything like it since. I think it's a great way to k- kick off found footage. It's... It's like one of the heavy hitter horror movies of all time. And if you want to get scared, because like even like seasoned horror fans can watch this movie and understand like this is terrifying. I mean, I feel I still feel scared when I watch it. So it's worth the hype, in my opinion. It's brilliant. And I love it. If you really want to get scared, watch this movie outside. That's my challenge to all of you. Like take your laptop outside and like watch maybe it get in like the a woods. campfire going or something. Because mm-hmm. uh, when we watched this on the quad, like in college, it was so cool. It was like dark out, and we had our blankets all spread, and uh, it was like one of my favorite viewings of this film. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is my challenge to you all listening. Um, I would also say that uh, this is a very unpopular opinion. I like the Blair Witch too. Strangely enough, it is a completely different movie. Um, it's not found footage, so you, right? No, no. And if you haven't oh. seen it, like, don't go in expecting anything remotely similar to the first movie. No, but it's like I a kind cheesy of, romp, but it's a lot of. fun. I kind of like it. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun, and like, it does make some interesting commentary about like notoriety. I guess, like, kind of making commentary about the way that the first film took off. Mm-hmm. So it's I I don't know I would say it's worth watching. Um, you might say I'm wrong, and you can call me an idiot for liking it, and that's okay. <laughs> no, hey, I somebody refuse. made it, and if it touches the soul of at least one person, I feel like it's worth it. Yeah, Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows touches my soul. I <laughs> love it, go. and I will defend it. <laughs> oh man, I'll have to check it out. I've never seen it. It's very silly. I've seen the the other one, the one that was released like oh, in 2017 yeah. or something. Uh, yeah, yeah no, that, that I one... wasn't a fan of that one. It was a lot of jump scares. Yeah. And like, I feel like that one was what someone who has never seen the Blair Witch Project might think that it is. Yeah. Like it had more of the annoying like horror tropes. Yeah. I I did not personally enjoy the Blair Witch from 2017. Um, I've heard interviews with the director. He seems lovely, but yeah, I wasn't a huge oh yeah, fan like, of the film. The director's great. I've heard him on podcasts before, and like he does love the first film mm-hmm. a lot. And so, like, I respect him. Respect what he was trying to do, but yeah. you know, it just wasn't really my cup of tea. I I felt like the characters could have been written a little better in that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did not like the two people that they went to as guides. <laughs> um, thought they were they were racist, right? Very yeah, yeah. They were very racist and annoying <laughs> to me. Yeah, right. I, um, I think like the thing about the that one is that it was trying to recreate the feeling of the original Blair Witch, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of impossible to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I think that Book of Shadows works okay because it's like. It's completely its own thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's just very hard to capture. Like, this movie came out at just the perfect moment that, like, you really can't recreate that. Mm-hmm. I see that. I can respect that. But yeah, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. 
we will be talking about more found footage movies this month. I'm very excited. We mentioned I've... a few today that we're going to cover. Yeah, I love found footage, and mm-hmm. I know it gets a bad reputation among some horror fans, but personally, I love it, and yeah. I love it for the reason that it can get you very invested yes. in the film, and I think that found footage gives a lot of freedom to explore some different kind of fun concepts so i'm very excited for our lineup this month yeah yeah and as an actor i think it's really cool that a a, a found footage gives newcomers a bigger opportunity to jump into the scene because like it feels more authentic if you're not used to the face you're looking at Mm -hmm. yeah um like paranormal activity was another series that kind of took off that's also found Mm -hmm. footage yeah. Um, that was, like, and we all know how much it. I love creeps, so we don't have to get into that. <laughs> yeah. We have talked about, like, a lot of found footage already on our show before, but um, there's always more to talk about. Yeah. Always. There's always more so, creep love to give. Yeah, so be mm-hmm. ready for that. Um, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Chainsaw Matinee and on TikTok at Chainsaw Matinee. So be sure to check those out. If you like what we do, feel free to throw us some money on Patreon. Please. Please. Uh, Yeah, it helps us keep our equipment up to date and pay hosting fees and all that good stuff. Um, We're hoping if we reach a certain amount, we can hire an editor, which would be huge for us. Mm -hmm. And um, just... It would allow us to do a little bit more. Yeah, have a little more freedom and, like, time to, like, sit down and record more so we don't have to worry about the editing process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I'll be uh, putting up a post about um, found footage um, on the TikTok and just please comment your favorite found footage below on that. Yeah, Yeah. please do. We want to hear from you guys. Um, and if you guys have any found footage movies you would like to hear us talk about on the podcast, let us know and maybe we will talk about it. I, I, I do want to actually give a shout out real fast to, um, my friend Jacob, who recommended me the movie Lake Mungo on Twitter. <gasps> Lake um, Mungo's yeah. That was really scary. good. Really, really It was good really one. good. So That's I another one Mungo. with an amazing monologue yeah. that gets mm-hmm. me every time. Oh yeah, God, so I don't yes. know if we'll cover it on the podcast this month, but um, if you haven't seen it, I would still completely recommend it because it's great. Yes, perhaps mm-hmm. in the future we will cover it. Yeah. So thank you all. Be safe out there. Um, maybe don't go too deep into the woods. <laughs> and till then, we're lost in the woods. <laughs> I cut you off. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't be. That was perfect. That was amazing. Just bringing it back, you know? Callback. Classic. Frozen. Scariest movie of all time.